This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Doug Carr, Scott Anderson, 97 won a ticket. 248-539-9797. We'll talk about Brad Holmes, uh, the general manager, and you know where where he lies in all of this and what what he needs to do moving forward. In the meantime, let's get back to your phone calls. Uh, we'll do that, by the way, at 11.05. As promised, Jason is next here on 97 the ticket. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hey. It's good to hear. It's very good to hear from y'all. Okay, I moved to San Antonio two years ago, but I lived in Detroit from age zero to 42 the same thing i seen at six when i started watching football with the lions save the berry years and the calvin years is the same thing i continue to see even those years ended up with us losing a couple playoff appearances i'll give us that one thing that is consistent is the owners so i hate to do the old adage oh we got to get rid of the owners because i don't want to be that guy again what i do want to ask is at what point as a fan, which I am, which is short for fanatic, <laughs> do you say I'm going to give up and I'm not going to be a Lions fan no more? Right now, I'm a Lions fan just for the simple fact that I am from Detroit. I love Detroit and I love the Lions. But I have to ask myself, when you get Dan Campbell, who is a tight ends coach, he gets Aaron Glenn, who is the defensive backs coach, and then you get Ben Johnson, who was the tight ends coach, and you make him the offensive coordinator, and you just got lucky with that. And I want to give Ben Johnson all the credit in the world because he's doing a hell of a job with, with what he has. Now, why is it Aaron Glenn giving, giving Carp Blanche to say, oh, we want to give them a little more time. Like, even even I don't blame you all. I get what you're saying. You're not ready to pull the plug on Aaron Glenn. I am. And you can say maybe it's my frustration because the, the dismal years that I've dealt with. But in week one, week two, week three, I've seen that Aaron Glenn had a problem with, with positioning his players. I watch football, period. I don't just watch the Lions. But every time there's a pass completed to a receiver, well, there's nobody around. Jason, I'll just say this. I, I understand your game. frustrations, and you, you asked us a question. When do you give up? It's totally up to you. You can decide how much emotion and, and time you invest in this team. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Glenn is something that we will talk specifically about the mistakes he made, but you hit on some of them. You've got to get your guys in positions to make plays. And I think he made some decisions yesterday that hurt the team. Uh, and, you know, you give people time. <clears throat> it's more to me, I'm giving Dan Campbell time to evaluate Aaron Glenn than I'm giving Aaron Glenn time. It's up to, it's up to if Dan Campbell th- looks at this and goes, you know what the truth is, there's no hope with this guy, then pull the trigger. Well, how long did it take him to pull the trigger last year when it came to the offensive coordinator? It took longer than four games, yeah. and he did pull the trigger. He's proven already he's not afraid to. Yeah, but this is this is twenty games, twenty one games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's with, true. with Aaron Glenn. Oh, that's a good point. But last, and, and I'm not calling, I don't I don't want this misconstrued. I'm not calling for Aaron Glenn to, to be fired at all. I, I, I think they need to make some adjustments here. And um, I recognize there's injuries on this team. Last year, towards the end of the season, they got contributions from, in the secondary partic- in particular, from A.J. Parker, from Jerry Jacobs, C.J. Moore, guys we'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. And those guys were playing well. And they're not playing now because of, of injuries. Does that make that much of is Is that where the, def- the, the difference comes? Is that the guys that started to show up last year and, and played with heart and, and played better than average in, in, in a lot of instances, that because they're not able to see the field now, that there's such a downgrade? I mean, Awari is a starter. Yep. He was a starter last year. He had six picks. Um, you know, Akuda, I think we, we we can agree is is taking steps in the right direction. But the other corners that you're you're seeing out there on the field, the nickel situations and dime situations, the safeties are out there, they're not getting the job done. No. The loss of Tracy Walker is is massive. It could be one of the things that they are discussing this week is whether or not a warrior needs to be replaced. And it, you know, it's not just that he is is giving up quite a bit in the pass game. There are some plays where he isn't even close, and I don't know what happened there, um, because he, you know, we were moderately optimistic that he was coming into his own last year. Yeah, I, I, I wonder things when you get the all twenty-two view when when they're looking at tape. Is it something that just steps stands out? It's so obvious that they say, you know what, what are we doing here? Yep, the depth of our safeties or the depth of our linebackers when a ball is snapped in a passing situation. If the first step for the linebackers is to take a step back, that's wrong or whatever. You know, if if something is that easily identifiable, you hope that's what it is, and you can correct it like that. I don't suspect that's the that's the situation. All right, we mentioned we get to Brad Holmes here. You've already talked about the second round picks. Nothing out on Zarike. Pascal so far has been a zero, and it's those guys. There's a degree of wanting to remain patient because they haven't been healthy. Um, but th- th- these second round swings and misses is a remarkable part of Lions history woven throughout general managers picks after general managers pick. They've, they've swung and missed so much in the second round. It's, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable, consistent shortcoming, <laughs> no matter who's making the picks. And people talk about Brad Holmes ability as the scouting director when he was with the Rams to do a good job of putting together a draft board that produced a Cooper Cup and um, uh, the tight end whose name escapes me, but using nothing but mid-round picks. You know, well, I shouldn't say there's some second, third-round picks, but defensively, he put together draft boards that produced Jordan Fuller, a safety out of Ohio State in the sixth round. Uh, Greg Gaines, a defensive tackle that starts for the Rams, was a fourth-round pick. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day was another six-round pick who starts a defensive tackle for a Super Bowl-winning team. Now, the defensive tackle that makes things happen there is obviously Aaron Donald, but those guys start and make plays. And Brad Holmes, maybe he's got one of those in Rodrigo. Okay, it looks like he does. Rodrigo's making a lot of tackles. I'm sure there's things that he can improve on. They need to continue to find defensive starters and players in the draft. Kirby Joseph... Might be a little bit more of a project and as as opposed to making an impact right away. But Brad Holmes, you know, I we're we're way away from 
starting in on the offseason and mock drafting. But the reality is there are resources to put towards the defense that can help with the with the Jimmys and Joes. The X's and O's is Aaron Glenn and they have to and Dan Campbell and they need to figure that out. Well, well Holmes needs to really load up on guys that are going to help but, in, in, the, in the coming draft. But this is the concerning part to me is that, great, he can identify those guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a track record of finding guys like that. And even with the Lions, you can say he's done that. Malcolm Rodriguez, a sixth-round pick. You know, we know about Amon or St. Brown. Derek Brown, Barnes was a fourth-round pick. Jury's out on him. But it's I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about getting the top three rounds right. This is where the talent is concentrated. You can't miss in the first, second round. You cannot miss. You can't afford to. No. And, and even in the third round, you can make the case for that as well. And in his two drafts, the defensive players they've taken there, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, work in progress. We'll see. Josh Pascal, no idea. Hasn't seen the field. Kirby Joseph with his third round pick. Okay. I wasn't thrilled with it. Whatever. Last year, uh, or the year before, his first draft, Anzarike in the second round, Lee McNeil in the third round, and Mellon Fonwu also in the third round. What are we getting? Yep. Nothing. Need to get more. Need they to get the, more. They had the 31st ranked defense last year. Okay. And one of the re- re- big reasons why I wasn't sure this team was going to win that many more games than they did that this year than they did last year was what did Brad Holmes do to improve? Let's just stay with the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. What did he really do, right? So he drafted Aiden Hutchinson, and he drafted Rodriguez. They're two rookies, though. Okay, so you have really – you expect things out of Hutchinson. You don't really expect much of Rodriguez, and you don't really know what to expect in the end, though. These are rookie years. Then they, they got Deshaun Elliott, who was hurt last year and only played one full season as a Ravens safety as their starter, and he, he got put in that position because of an injury ahead of him. And Okuda, who's actually been pleasantly, surprisingly, I think, in my mind and most people's minds, it, better than we expected. But how much does that improve last year's defense? What I just said, other than that, they brought everybody back from that 31st ranked defense. Yeah, and this is, it, it goes to something I had in my notes about, you know, momentum from one year to the next, that you can't expect momentum to carry over because it's, it's just false hope. You, you don't have momentum carrying over. What I would expect is that if you have a bunch of young players, the young players should be improving. And so they improve out throughout the entire league. But we haven't seen the improvement, or or guys that that showed last year. Like I'm going to talk about Jerry Jacobs and AJ Parker. They're, they're not playing because they're hurt. We're not seeing them yet. So now you're going back on guys that were you know kicked around the league and just haven't made it. And there's a reason that they haven't made it because they're not they're not good enough. They don't have any game changer on defense. And you're hoping Hutchinson no. becomes that. I thought guy. Hutch was going to be a game wrecker, and he was for. You know, a half, 30 yeah. minutes of football. And that's so against one of the teams. That Washington's given up more sacks than any yeah. team in the NFL. Now, they're not the worst pass defense. They had 170-something pass attempts, and they've given up 17 sacks. The Bears, hold on. The Bears have 67 pass attempts and have given up 16 sacks. That is incredibly bad. But Washington is amongst the worst at protecting a quarterback in the league. And Aiden Hutchinson took advantage. But you got... You no. got to make plays against people out in Washington. But, and it's not all on Hutch because you look at other, like Charles Harris, he showed up last year. Where are you this year? Julian Aquara had, you know, five and a half sacks last year. Where are you this year? I know you just came back a couple weeks ago, but you're back. Where is it? You know, we're not, yeah. we're not seeing anything from the, you know, I'm a big Austin Bryant guy, but 
you know, he's getting limited snaps and he's not making an impact either. The defensive line I thought was going to be a strength for this team. I thought might be like middle of the road to maybe being in the top half of the league as far as defense is concerned because it seemed like they had all these weapons. There's nothing there. Have you heard, have either one of you guys heard during a broadcast Michael Brocker's name be called? I, no, no. I mean, I, I get the leadership aspect, but you got to provide something on the field. Yeah. Something. Even a, even a collapse the pocket. <laughs> I you know, mean, a, a, I, does he nothing. exist? I no. think he made that, the, that third down stop that they didn't get against Philly. He was the guy that hit the run, the the guard back into the running back, and then he and then Sanders bounced it outside and went for 17 yards. It looked like they had a TFL. I think Brockers was credited for that. I think that was a Brockers play, but they didn't even make the play. So I mean, that tells you how much we're grasping at straws. But yeah, the the Washington um, sack rate I just found it is eight point nine nine per hundred dropbacks. They give up eight point nine nine sacks. That's the fourth worst in the NFL. The Bears is nineteen point two eight. It's amazing when you it's got a quarterback as mobile as Justin Fields is. Yep. And that tells you teams aren't really concerned about him throwing the football. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.